My conversation today is with Brandon Fong. Brandon is a host of the Beyond Curious podcast, where he interviews some remarkable and curious humans. Formerly known as Seven Figure Millennials, this top 2% globally ranked podcast is where Brandon has connected with New York Times bestselling authors, Olympians, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs. He has interviewed the man who invented the cell phone, an FBI hostage negotiator, a shark from Shark Tank. And I could go on, but I will just say, go check it out for yourself. It is the Beyond Curious podcast. He is a master connector and is on a mission to create a more deeply connected world by catalyzing curiosity. Brandon, I am very excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to be here. I admire you greatly, Christina, and all the incredible stuff that you're doing in the world. So it's an honor to be here. Wonderful. Thank you. And I wanted to start out with a fun fact because you actually, in a way, were or kind of still am a podcast mentor of mine. Can I call you that? Does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's an honor. I'll wear that badge. <laughs> so yeah, I, I kind of helped you a little bit about with some of your stuff and you kind of helped me with mine and gave me some really good advice. You still continue to give me some good advice. So I'm super excited to kind of talk um, a little bit about that. But then also I, I wanted to bring this up because one of the questions that I got when people listen to my podcast and people hear it, and one of the first things that I get asked is where do you find your guests? And how do you meet these people? And I only have at the time of recording this about 10 episodes out right now. And you also have an interview style podcast. And I just checked this morning, you have 133 episodes out. So as much as I can answer that question of, you know, how do you find guests? How do you meet these super cool people? I want to talk to you a little bit about how you do it with, with how, and granted you've been doing your podcast for a while, but I'm just really intrigued to learn more about how you find your guests and how you make some of these connections. Yeah, 100%. Such a great question. And it's funny because it's evolved over time. And the biggest guests that I've got on my show always happen because of a warm relationship. So I just feel super blessed to say I've interviewed everyone from the man that invented the cell phone to sharks on Shark Tank to decorated Air Force pilots to illusionists, I don't know, like across the board. So usually, usually those come from some form of a warm introduction. And that comes from me doing a lot of in-depth research on my show. So like, I give people, I focus a lot on giving a world-class experience, which gives people confidence to say, oh, you should have this person on your show. So that's usually how I get that. But I also have another process, which I know you're familiar with called the magic connection method, uh, which is what I, whenever I want to reach out to someone that I may not know, it's the exact process I use to reach out to them, to build a relationship with them. And I have built incredible friendships and just people that I feel really blessed to have in my life just because of a cold email outreach. And so I've had, I've, like, for example, I cold emailed Brian Scudamore, the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and he came on the podcast because I just reached out to him. So there's been plenty of people. It's been a combination of people making introductions, but then me also leveraging my magic connection method process to do a direct outreach to them to bring them on the show and build those relationships. And I can dive into either one of those because there's there's hours of content underneath each of those umbrellas. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to, I'd love to talk about your magic connection method as well. Could you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. So I truly believe that you can build any relationship by taking the right avenue. So I have this little thing I'm holding up right now, if you're just listening to it right now, but um, Avenue, it's an, it's an acronym I invented and it stands for appreciate value and end with a question, A-V-E. So any relationship you want to build, if you remember this acronym, you can learn how to connect with literally anyone. And let me preframe this by saying 
you may be listening to this, you may not have a podcast, but one thing that changed my life is learning how to just connect and develop relationships with people who are where you already want to be. Instead of trying to figure out everything on your own, why don't you just think about somebody who's already figured out and learn how to build a relationship with them. It's so funny because I think you listen to the, if you're listening to this right now, you're a podcast listener, right? So it's like you listen to guests on the show. You probably read books. If you're listening to podcasts, like all these humans that you're listening to, that you look up to, they're accessible. You just have to learn how to reach out to them. And so when you have a magic connection method in place, you can do that kind of stuff. So that's kind of the preface to this, but AVE, we can walk through each of the, the things. And then Christina, you can stop me and ask me to go deeper on any one of them or clarify, but I keep saying before, before we go into each of the steps, let me just say that I think when people are reaching out to someone, they make it really complicated and, and they try to like do all these things, accomplish all this stuff. But really at the end of the day, all you want to do is open the door to the relationship. The thing I want you to keep in the back of your mind is this entire outreach. Our only goal is to get them to respond while building a relationship with them. That's it. And so if you think about this, what are the messages in your email inbox or any DM on any platform that are hard to respond to, they're the ones that are super complicated. They're the ones that require thinking. They're the ones that like are, are, are hard to respond to. So we want to do the exact opposite of all that. We want to make it easy for them to respond and we want to show that we're building a relationship with them. So anything that you want to say, Christina, before I go into the actual acronym, otherwise I can dive right in. Well, one thing I will say is that makes so much sense because even when I look at, I I don't know if you're a good texter or a bad texter or not, but I'm, if I go into my phone right now, I think I have actually, this is really, I probably shouldn't say this, but I have like 50 something unread messages. Some it's just because you're from, so popular, Christina. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's because, um, well, a lot of group chats, but the reason why I bring that up is because I will respond to people right, right away if it is something so simple to respond to. But if it is something that requires a lot of thought, it takes me a while to think of it. I love that point of put yourself in the other person's shoes. Is this easy to respond to? And is it quick to respond to? And obviously having intent behind why you're asking something and being real and not just trying to get them to respond because you want them to respond. But I really like that because if you put yourself in their shoes, you know, for myself, even I love responding when it's, when I can do it within two seconds. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, you want to take the intention of, of thinking about it from their perspective. So I'm glad that you pulled that out. It's like, I actually am very blessed to say I paid for lots of my college using scholarships. And that was one of the questions that I always asked myself whenever I wrote a scholarship application. It's like, what is the perspective of the person reading this? So it's like, you can do the same for any form of communication. It's like, would I feel good about receiving this message myself? How does this make me feel if I read this and pretended that somebody else sent this to me? So like just that alone is a, a great little lens that you can use prior to sending anything else. So um, love that. Did you want me to go through the, the rest of them then or do you have anything yeah, else? Yeah, go through the rest of it. Um, I will add to, I think what's interesting is regardless of how you want somebody to in interpret what you're saying, you can never control it. So, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. there's yeah. that piece to it, but that's the closest that you can get to understanding is when you do put yourself in the other person's perspective, I definitely need to work on that more physically doing that before sending, sending the messages as I send, but, um, that's, that's another, another great point. So yes. Yeah. Continue. Love it. Love it. Okay. So again, remember we're, we're any relationship can be built with the right Avenue. It stands for appreciate value and end with the question. So I'll go through each of them, provide some examples, and then you can pause me in between them. But the first thing appreciate, and um, 
the, the easiest way to think about this is that I think we're all starving for more connection, right? When you look at the majority of the messages that are sitting unread or any of those cold messages that are sent to you is you think that you need to showcase who you are or why you're important or why you're reaching out to them. And it's the exact opposite. Like it's, it's really, you want to show someone that you took the time to actually care about them as a human being. And this is probably the most important part of the entire magic connection method process is appreciation. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that your first few lines of the email pass what I call the copy and paste test. You want to make them this so that you can give them a compliment or an appreciation line that's so specific, it could not be copied and pasted to anyone else on the planet. So I might say to Christina, hey, Christina, I listened to episode three of your podcast. And I loved when Jay was talking about uh, stopping and appreciating the moments whenever you stop at a stop sign. And thank you so much for sharing that insight. That was incredible, right? There's no way that that could be copy and pasted beside to anyone except for Christina. She's even got like a small little smile on her face, right? Because it's like, when you go to that level of specificity, it just shows that you took that time to go above and beyond, right? And so all the, at the end of the day, people just want to know that you care. And so this alone is just the hugest thing is just take something to do. And if you want to make this even easier, there's like a, this might make it a little bit complicated, but if you want the, you guys get the advanced masterclass version of this. An easy way to think about this is loved plus specific. So, Hey, Christina loved blank specifically liked blank. So it could be a LinkedIn bio. I love that. You know, I could say to Christina, like, Hey, Christina, I saw on your LinkedIn bio. I don't know if it's in your bio, but the fact that you do jujitsu is Awesome. I love that. You know, so it's like, and she's smiling again. <laughs> Cause it's like, you took the time to give something specific. You want to compliment them as a human being. So if you just read their bio, read their about page, read their book, listen to their podcast or whatever it is, take the time to write one or two sentences and appreciate the person for something very specific. And um, that alone is going to go a very, very long way because it's the exact opposite of how most people are approaching uh, an outreach to begin with. So um, that's the first part of uh, appreciate. Did you learn that concept from somewhere or did you kind of learn that through experience? That's a great question. I don't know. Um, no, I think I, I think I, I tested it over time. I think I, I learned from something originally that was kind of like served as one of the inspirations behind this. But even when I reached out to the, the person that kind of started my entire career, Jonathan Levy, um, I ended up. I was a college student at the time wanting to be an entrepreneur. And again, kind of what I said before, I was like, what, instead of figuring this out by myself, why don't I just reach out to somebody that I already respect and appreciate that's doing some amazing things. So his name is Jonathan. He had a podcast called become a superhuman. Then now it's called superhuman Academy. And he's since retired the show, but like that was part of my first outreach to him is like, Hey, I listened to your episode with Noah Kagan and I took it and I implemented it. Thank you so much for sharing that. So um, I think there's definitely been some inspiration or, along the way. I think Brian Brian Harris, I, I would give a shout out to, is somebody that I saw modeling this kind of stuff as well. I think in one of his content, I, I really appreciated that. But um, yeah, it goes a long way. And I think I, 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 would, I wouldn't be where I went to, was today if it weren't for learning from other people. So I can't say I'm fully responsible, but I've definitely gotten a lot better at appreciation over time. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of things that you learn with a mix of experience and learning from other people. And then over time, I, I'm sure it kind of becomes fuzzy of where you learn what, and as long as sure. you're sharing <laughs> that information, I mean, nobody's self-made, right? Like we always like to, to, to think, but okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to get off the tangent, but I think the next one was end with a question. Correct. No, or, it's value. So value. value. So a, so appreciate value is the next part of it. So again, think about it from most perspective, most 
people sending an outreach is they it's almost like from a transactional perspective. Um, so you want to come from a how do you build the relationship from a transformational perspective? So I'm going to share an example that will help you to understand this a little bit more. And it's called the IKEA effect. So studies showed that people valued IKEA furniture more because they had to build it. So anything, and this applies for any type of relationship, anything that you do, anything that you invest into, you value more. So that's so even think about Build-A-Bear. Why does Build-A-Bear charge $9 million for a stuffed bear? It's because the kid had to go, they picked out the, the deflated exoskeleton of the bear, they pumped it in, they shoved the heart in, they chose which thing mine mine used to be called midnight was my build a bear stuffed bear. And whenever you press it, it would say, I love you. I love you. Right. So it's like you have anything that you invest in, you value more. And so the same goes with relationships. That is how all relationships are built. Is it, it's an exchange of value. It's an exchange of us investing into each other. It may be something like, you know, Christina and I have gotten to know each other well over the years, but it's like, it may be something where it's like, I'm just getting to know Christina. It's like, Hey, I know you played spike ball. Do you want to come out and play spike ball? And that's like us starting to build a relationship. And like, now I'm on the podcast and I've helped Christina with the podcast. So it's like, it's how all relationships are built. It's like, you're starting by this little exchange of value. And that's what starts building the relationship over time. So what you want to do in this value part of the outreach is you want to intentionally craft an opportunity for both parties to begin investing into that relationship. So I'll use podcasting as an example because we're both on one and it's it's my world as well, but I might want to reach out to and build a relationship with someone. And because I have a podcast, I have a platform and an audience that I can add value to them and begin have an excuse for us to build that relationship, right? So I might in in, in the just kind of backing up I might reach out to Christina and say, hey, Christina, I loved episode three, which I, you know, all this kind of stuff, something specific. Um, because I love your content so much, I wanted to get your thoughts on something. Um, I, I have a podcast, top 2% globally ranked show. I featured all these kinds of amazing humans that have a great time. And I also love making introductions between guests that make a, a good fit. And so that would be an example of me intentionally crafting an opportunity for us to start a relationship. Um, and again, going back to my Jonathan Levy example, and then we can, I can let you jump back in here. When I first reached out to Jonathan to uh, work with him, the first thing that I did is I was like, hey, I listened to your podcast. I went to your email list. I came up with three specific projects that I'd love to help complete for you. And I put them, so like, so like that might be something. It's like, I have projects I want to help you with. So like, again, going back to the beginning, thinking about it from their perspective, what do they need help with? What are the relationships? What are the assets? What are the skill sets that you have? And how can you position it in a way that taps into the IKEA effect where it it begins the mutual exchange of uh, people both investing into the relationship? And that's what you want to think about. How long does that typically take? Because you've done this for a lot of people. And have had a lot of these types of connections. How long does that process take? Because I know you do a lot of research. You do, you gotta, you gotta do a lot of research to figure out how you can help and how you think you can help, especially if it's something or somebody that you don't even know. You're kind of making that yeah. assumption. Um, how long does that process usually take? It's gotten it, it gets faster over time. So initially. Each email, I, like I, I, I'm not joking. And like this is again, like when when I teach this process, I have spent thousands of hours trying to figure this shit out. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't ask you if I could swear ahead of time, but but um, like 
when I sent that first email to Jonathan, I probably spent a week on that, you know, like maybe even more than that, just thinking about like what, you know, cause, cause I signed up for his email list. I was listening to his podcast. I was like trying to figure out what are the different ways that I can add value. And like now, now that I have a podcast, which is another asset that I've intentionally built now, it's very easy for me because I know the value that my show has. So I have a proven message that when I send it, 70 to 90% of the people that I send it to are going to respond because I've built up the value of my show and I have a platform now. But it wasn't that way to begin with, right? So it's like you have to start somewhere. And and you know, we could sit and nerd out about podcasts for forever, but I truly believe that podcasts are one of the best relationship building tools on the planet uh, because the value is not only being on the show, but here's another thing that most people I feel like ignore as one of the greatest assets that you have on your podcast is your guest list. You have spent an hour with each one of those people that are high value relationships, high caliber people, them meeting each other is super high value and you should be doing that. So it's like, if I reach out to someone and I say, I have interviewed New York Times bestselling authors, seven to nine figure entrepreneurs, all these kind of people, and I'm happy to introduce you between them. Like they see a podcast is the ultimate filter because they know that you are curating people on a specific topic. And if they've agreed to come on the show, they're going to resonate with the other kind of people that have also been on the show. And so a long answer to your question, it builds over time. But once you find a way that that is proven and you've kind of built that value asset up, it becomes a lot easier. And now for me to write an outreach message to somebody that I don't know to invite them on the show would probably take me 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> How has your failure rate changed? And I'm using the word failure, but like just yeah. in the sense of, of people who say yes versus people who say no, how has that changed over time? Great question. It's, um, let me, let me think. Again, going back to the asset build, right? Like it's, it's now, now I have, on any given week, I might have two to five people offer introductions or reach out to me to come on my show. So it's like, I have no shortage of people reaching out to me, but it didn't start that way. And the quote unquote failure rate or the success rate, it, it diminishes over time with the authority that you build on the show and the type of people that you come on. So one of the biggest assets that I own is actually this three minute video. It's like a testimonial clip of people just being blown away by the questions that I ask on my podcast. And it's got some big names on there too. So it's like the moment that I can link to that and somebody clicks on that, 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 I, that they don't know me before, but then they hear five minutes of anyone ranging from, you know, all those people I mentioned, just saying how blown away they are by the research, like that handles all objections. So the moment that I introduce that now it's very, very little, obviously there's, there's some people that like, they only look at audience metrics. Right. And so like, like if I'm going to reach out to like Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan, they're probably not going to come on my show unless I had a much, much bigger reach, but um, it's definitely the success rate has increased over time as the asset builds the same thing with the, uh, the amount of time that you spend into it. It's like, it's, it's, it gets exponentially easier over time. Yeah. I would imagine it's kind of like a snowball, right? Like the, the more that you get and more of the content that you get that you can share with the, the guest in the video that you explained, like the easier it gets. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and again, if we're talking from the perspective of podcasts, which I apologize, and we can make this more valuable outside of the, the podcasting world. If you invest a lot of time into each episode, you have to think about it too. Cause it, it'll, if you create a world-class experience in whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's, you know, the way that you serve your clients, whether it's on a podcast or whatever it is, it makes somebody else look good by referring them to you. They have that confidence, right? So it's like, if I gave, so I'll explain how I got Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank on my show. So I reached out 
I had, I had somebody come on the show that was a hypnotist. Um, that was just a great guy. And he was on the speaker circuit. And so he had, he was blown away by my research, had a great time. And he said, if you're looking for other great speakers, I have a great friend, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Waldo Waldman. He's a decorated air force pilot. I'd be happy to make the introduction to have him on the show. And I was like, sweet. So I had Waldo on the show. You know, I read his book, never fly solo as a New York times bestselling author. And we had a great, great time on the interview. And he was just blown away by the depth of the research. And he's like, Hey, I'm really good friends with Kevin Harrington. Like I could straight up just text him right now if you want me to tell him to come on the show. And I was like, I'm not going to turn that down. So then that happened as well. So when you invest the time into each one of these relationships and you have a proven process to build that relationship, it also makes people more confident in giving those kinds of introductions, whether it be a, a business relationship or a platform relationship like a podcast. That's another asset that snowballs over time. I completely could see that. And I'm trying to think too how, because you mentioned the thing about, okay, we're talking about podcasting, even from just a relationship standpoint of if you're not a podcaster, granted, you might not necessarily have the same uh, like outcome of, of the conversation, but do you have any other examples of times that you've kind of had that same situation, but not as a podcaster where you've had those introductions or it may be some examples for, for non-podcasters? Yeah. I mean, let's use a really basic example. That the first thing that popped up, up in my head is like, let's just talk about building friendships. Like everybody wants more friendships, more relationships. Right. So, um, like one of the things that like, I, because you and I have built this relationship and you, you and I know each other, I know that if you introduce me to another friend of yours, they're probably a pretty cool human. Right. Like, because I know that you were associated with the same kind of people. And so like, that could be another way that you do this. It's like, we talked about playing spike ball before I invited you to play spike ball. You came and you met all my other friends and we hung out and played spike ball. Now I know that if you wanted to, and you now, since you had a great experience, I created an experience where you got to have fun. You met a few other of my friends now that you might reach out to somebody else and say, Hey, you know, I know this cool spike ball group. Like let's all go play together. Like that's another, right. It's kind of magic connection method, not outreach, but just from a friendship building perspective, like you and I have gotten to know each other. We had an experience together. You had a great time. You'll introduce me to other people. So it's like, it, it's just kind of like a philosophy on building relationships in any form of, of, of life. But I think too, you know, you and I were just recording, we were talking about this before. I just ran this Spartan ultra race, which is just freaking crazy. We could talk about it, but like, if you look at every activity, every experience you create, it's going to attract certain kinds of people. Like, like anybody that's going to do a Spartan ultra race is a screwed up kind of human, <laughs> like to run 35 miles and do all that kind of stuff. So I know that by doing that experience, it's going to attract the kind of people that I would want to meet that would do something similar. Same with a podcast. Like it, 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 because of being on a show, there's a certain type of person that wants to be sharing a message on a show. It's going to attract another kind of person you know, same for spike ball, like every, everybody has all these interests, but it's like, if you kind of view each experience and think about it from the perspective of who, who is attracted to this kind of thing, if you are just intentional about the different experiences that you're placing yourself in, whether it be creating a podcast, you know, doing ultra endurance events, doing something like spike ball, like those are the things, if you just think about from the perspective of who else would be attracted to this kind of thing, that's how you can kind of also build relationships from thinking about it that way too. Yeah. And even the locations or environments that you put yourself in, whether or not it's a specific event too. This morning in the gym, I had a, I actually met this, this person last week, but her, I won't say her name actually, but I just met her. So she's kind of, I can, I'm going to call her a friend. I go to the gym at the same time every morning and usually end up seeing the same faces and kind of meet those people. And even though it's not necessarily an event that we all go to together, you're probably going to find people who are similar to you. And I thought it was funny because she had asked me like, how do you know this person? How do you know this person? And at first I was like, 
I, I don't really remember. And she was like, do you just walk up and introduce yourself to them? And obviously this is a slightly different scenario than the spike ball example and those things. But then it, then it got me thinking like, how do I introduce myself to these people in person? And again, not talking about podcasting, but just another example. And I real I couldn't figure out how I, how I like met these, these certain people that she was talking about. And I had just joined this gym like six months ago or so. So it's not like I've been there for a long time. And I was just like kind of thinking about it on my way back. And I, what I realized is that a lot of it actually started from admiration and, or curiosity. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of the conversations or a lot of the relationships that ended up developing started from what, like an example would be giving somebody a compliment, whether it's something that they're doing, something that they're wearing. And this is what I really love about the concept of stopping and noticing, which I know you brought up that, that podcast example episode earlier is that, I mean, everything starts with noticing. And then I guess it's not necessarily my formula because I just thought about this a couple hours ago, but that thing, when, when it starts with admiration, it starts with curiosity. And then that's what leads into the desire to say, hey, I really love this, or hey, can you tell me more about this? And obviously in a very respectful way and in a real way, I'm not going to certain events thinking, oh, I, I need to compliment somebody or, oh, I need to ask somebody about something. But when you have a genuine appreciation for something and you have the courage to just be like, yeah, I'm going to tell you that I like your shorts if I like your shorts, or I'm going to ask you about this if, if I'm curious about it. I think when you're able to bridge that gap, then the rest really falls into place because when you ask the question or you say the thing, and this is why it's so important to make sure that whatever you say is genuine, because if you compliment something that's, that you genuinely like, like that's something that you clearly have in common right away. And then that leads into the relation or it leads into a conversation, which then leads into another conversation, which then leads into a relationship. So that's another thing too. And that's, I love that. I, I, I love that. Cause like, think about it, right? Like look, look what we were talking about. The first part of magic connection method is appreciate, right? And that, that's exactly what you're yeah. talking about. And I think that's how all relationships are built. It's like you said, it's like, you just took the time to say something to someone, which is an exchange of value, which like taps into the Ikea effect. And then before you know it, you're hanging out and you're, you're good friends. Right. But yeah. I love that. So, and it's kind of, so it's kind of like my, I mean, a separate formula. Well, in your magic connection method, has that changed over time? Cause I feel like you had a different thing before or has it yeah, kind of I, changed the way you I, talk about it? It definitely changed the way I talk about it because before it was like, I forgot what it was. It was like anchor win ask or something like that. And it was not memorable. And then it also like, didn't no, I don't even remember what it was before. It was, it was, I think it ended it was, with a no oriented question. No oriented question. Yeah, no. Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've changed it way, way. Anchor when asked might've been Brian Harris, um, something like that, but, but long story short. Yeah. It's, it's changed because I realized it wasn't memorable the way I was teaching it. But now that I've taught it from this perspective, it's AVE, it's an avenue, it's an avenue. Everybody can remember that. And it's just a lot more memorable. So definitely the way that I've changed it. And I don't even, I don't even talk about no oriented questions because I found a better way of doing it, um, which I can share, we can share right now, but yeah, it's definitely evolved how I've changed it because I've tested different versions of it. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I actually really like that it's changed because the last, I didn't, when, when you Cause I I've heard the magic connection method before and I've heard you explain it, but I've heard you explain it in those other forms. So this mm -hmm. is the first time now that I'm realizing that it starts with appreciation. And I'm like, just having this realization this morning of, wow, it really started with either appreciation or curiosity or admiration, same kind of thing. It's, it's cool that we kind of came yeah. to that conclusion with a slightly dim, uh, a slightly similar, but also slightly different um, yeah. formula. Yeah. 
And I have a good friend, Blake Fly, which I'm I'm probably just gonna end up giving Blake like endless love on on all my times I talk about magic connection method, but he's the king of appreciation. And like just here's here's some homework. Like some I love challenging people. So for you listening right now, watch how much your relation your life will change if you just take the time to next time you think about someone, instead of thinking about them, text them. Just, just tell them why you were thinking about them. Just like, think about it. Like, like, like all those 50 messages. If, if I was out and about Christina and I saw something that reminded you of, uh, that reminded me of you. And I was out on a walk and I just took a second. I recorded an audio message or video, or maybe even a text. It's like, Hey, Christina, I'm out and I'm thinking about you. I just want to let you know, I was thinking about you. This is why I hope you're doing fantastic. And maybe we'll talk to you soon. And I just said that to you, right? Think about how many relationships would be stronger. How, 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 how much you could strengthen your relationships. If instead of just thinking about people and not doing anything about it. You just thought about them and do it. So my friend Blake, to tie it back to him, he does this all the time and he just gets clients all the time because he's just just constantly top of mind. So like he'll use his environment. So the, the example that he gave on my show was he was walking down the cereal aisle in a grocery store and he saw a box of frosted flakes. Who's on the box of frosted flakes, Christina? What's what's his name? <laughs> uh, the tiger, to- Tony? Yeah, exactly. So okay. he like so so he saw a box of frosted flakes and he's like, "Oh, this reminded me of my friend Tony." So he's walking down and he's like, "Hey Tony, I'm grocery shopping. I hope and it is a video by the way. He's like, I, I hope you're doing fantastic." And then he like shows the cereal box and he's like, "I was walking down the grocery aisle and I saw Tony the tiger here. It made me think about you. I it's been a while since we've caught up. I hope you're doing fantastic and uh, we'll talk to you soon." And then he sent that video and it ended up he was like, Oh my God, like it's been a while. I have some speaking gigs for you. And he ended up referring over like $30,000 of speaking gigs, but but that wasn't his intention. It was just connecting. Right. And so I've done this. I start doing, this is kind of like a habit. Now I do this all the time. It's like, as you think about someone, just send a video and just say like, for example, I was walking down the street and I was passing Misty Lane the other day. I have a friend named Misty. And so I was like, hey, Misty, I'm on a walk right now. I'm literally on Misty Lane. And I was thinking about you. I hope you're doing great. It's been a while since we caught up. Just want to let you know I was thinking about you and I hope you have a great rest of your day and just send that video, right? So it's like appreciation will change the game. And I think we're all starving for it right now because so much of it is fake uh, and it really yeah. changes everything. Yeah. And I, I, I love that technique too, because I mean, a, it become, it can become a habit. If you start doing it, it becomes a habit, but primarily I love it because it's, it's not like you're saying, okay, today I'm going to reach out to 10, 10 of my friends and check, check in on them. It's, it's coming yeah. when you think about them and it's actually, you know, it's very real. It's very genuine. It's not like checking off a box. So I love, I love that. And I, I have some people who are really good at reaching out. And if I, if I don't make, I, I need to start making that habit because that's, that's a great idea to just, just do it I, when you think about it. I'm legit. I've been thinking about doing this for a while. Cause I, I always have all these tests in my head that I want to run. I, I think I have this hypothesis that you could just take the appreciation component and send that as an outreach and just watch relationships build. Like you don't even have to think about the value or end with the question. Like what would happen if you just found someone that you appreciated and you just sent them appreciation and like, just started there and just saw what happened. I have a, I have a strong feeling that like, that'll just lead to you building the relationships with the kind of people you want to do. So if you don't want to use the rest of it, if that's the only thing that you do today, just give it a shot. Um, and that's one thing that I learned from my dad that, you know, I just really stuck with me is my dad always told me the worst thing that someone can say is no. And like, he would say that to me from a very young age. So it's like, I always kind of just believed it. Right. And so it's like, 
if you're not afraid and you don't make all these ridiculous stories up in your head about, oh, this person hates me or, oh, this person, blah, 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 which I think we tend to do whenever we're reaching out to them or we don't hear a response. It's like, you know, we make up all these false narratives about what's going on. And when in reality, they probably just didn't see it, or maybe they're having a crazy week. You just don't know. Right. And so, um, if you just took this, listening to this right now as a challenge, you just send that appreciation or maybe use the whole, the the full AVE when we'll, we'll show the last part of it. Um, just do it. Like, like worst case that happens is someone doesn't respond and you can do it again. And you put more positive energy out in the world, which is never going to be a bad thing. Yeah. Have you done the appreciation part solely to somebody that you've never met before? No, I haven't, but that's, that's what's on my list. It's like, I want to try that just to see what happens. Right. Like, I think it'll be cool. Definitely. I love that whole appreciation piece to it. And it's so, it's so true again, when it's, when it's genuine, I want you to share the rest of the, even yeah. though you just said that you don't technically need to have the rest of it, but I want to get to the rest. No, no, of no, your- no, no, no. We'll for sure hit it. Uh, so we'll, we'll go with E and then remind me, uh, if you can make a note, we'll go back to something I learned from Blake too, about multiple choice questions like that, that that's a game changer too. We'll, we'll toss that in there too. Um, but okay. So let's go with E and, and, and with the end with the question. So there's this other concept and it, you're getting this at a, at a spot, Christina, where like I've modified this and made this better over the past two weeks. Cause I had to give a presentation to a, a mastermind group. So I was kind of like, you, just like you were kind of doing, you were kind of curious, like, how have I built these relationships? There was a bunch of things that I was doing that I wasn't fully consciously aware of until I asked myself, like, what the hell is going on? So there's this other concept I'm going to talk to you about called the mall flyer versus the green light. So Anybody listening to this has most likely had the experience where you go into a mall and you walk past a store and somebody shoves like a flyer in your face and is like, Hey, we have a sale today or like whatever, you know? And it's kind of like, there's that awkward moment where it's like, you kind of see them doing it to other people ahead of time. So you might like walk away or you might be like on your phone, you know, it's kind of just like this awkward feeling that no one really likes. And the, the reason why I think that you don't like it is because it's assumptive. It's kind of like forcing you into something that you don't really feel good about, right? Like you probably don't want to figure about, find out about their stupid sale, right? So it's assumptive. Compare that to relationships that you have with companies where you've given them the green light. You, 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 you found so much value in it that you want to hear from them. It's consent-based, it's opt-in. So, you know, maybe you signed up for their email newsletter and they send a promotion. You're excited to open that because you gave them permission. So that's the difference between these two things. Mall flyer is what most people are doing is they're assuming they're telling you to go do something or whatever it is. It's assumptive versus green light is getting the consent in the relationship. And this concept of consent, I've been thinking so much more about. It's just so crazy how powerful it is, but even something small where like I was talking to someone earlier today and I've started doing this and he was telling me about all these problems he was having and he's a good friend of mine. And I simply asked him like, I have some thoughts. Would you, would you be interested in me sharing them with you? So instead of just saying, Hey, let me solve this problem for you. It's like, I just ask, you know, and like when it it engages curiosity where people are like, yeah, I am interested or whatever. And then when you have their consent, it changes the entire relationship. Right. So going back to the framework, think about this so far, we have taken the time to appreciate them. We've given them a very specific compliment that passes the copy and page test. It can't be sent to anyone else. It's genuine. All the things we've been talking about, you thought about a way of adding value to them which we, we talked about the different ways of value and it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you found a way that you can build a relationship. Now we simply want to go back to the very beginning. Remember, we wanted to make this easy for them to respond to. So the easiest way that you do that is by ending with a green light question. So like, here's, here's, here's an example of a mall flyer question versus a green light question. A mall flyer question would be, 
if you want to, I'll use my podcast again. If you want to come on the show, book a time right here, right? Like that. And that's not even a question. So that's kind of, a, but that's, that's more of the assumptive, like, here's the next step. Here's the link. Go do that. You'll see this in lots of these like sales outreaches. So that would be like an assumptive versus a green light question would be something along the lines of hundred percent up to you and totally fine either way. But what are your thoughts on me featuring you on the show? So I've turned them into a thought partner and now they're, now they're giving me consent instead. Of, and I'm, I'm not assuming that they want to come on the show. I'm asking them if they, what are their thoughts on this, on this thing or, or getting their consent to communicate moving forward. So that's, that's pretty much hundred percent of anytime I'm ever asking for something from someone, I always ask for permission to ask the thing, right? So like even something small, like giving someone to leave a review on the podcast, instead of saying, um, Hey, can you leave a review on the podcast? If I'm talking to them, I could simply say, Hey, um, I could like, I'm, I'm looking for some support on growing the show. I have a quick question. Would you be opposed to me asking you a quick question? Then it's like, no, go ahead. And then, then I ask that, then I ask. So it's like, it's getting that consent ahead of time. So anyways, don't want to make it overly complicated, but appreciate value. And with a green light question where you get the consent. And then once they've given consent, then you can engage in the, in the actual outcome that you're looking for. But if you do those three things, it's going to completely change the, the way that you build relationships. And, and you use the green light question now, whenever you reach out to somebody. Yeah, pretty much. How, um, how have you found that change in the response that you've gotten? It's okay. So I'll open up. I'll, I want to give credit to Michael Roderick. So again, talk about like all the different influences that I've had for all this. So Michael Roderick is a good friend of mine. And he talks about the difference between a direct versus an indirect question. And I think it's slightly different the way, and I've talked to him about this, about like, I'm like, what do you think about the green light perspective of this? But let's say, Christina, you had a guest on the show that I wanted an introduction to right? So I could go up to you and say, Hey, Christina, can you introduce me to this person? That puts you in a kind of an uncomfortable situation, right? Because it's like, one, I don't know, you don't know, for me as the question asker, I don't know how strong your relationship is with that person, first of all. Second of all, I don't know if you're in the position to make that kind of introduction, especially if it's a high level person. So it's like, if I ask you a direct question like that, I kind of put you in this really awkward situation. It doesn't even, it doesn't feel good, right? Versus an indirect question would be, Hey, Christina, I listened to this episode. I love this guest. They'd be a great guest for my show. What, do you have any idea on the best way I could get in contact with them? So that's an indirect question. So now it's different because I didn't put you on the spot and say, Hey, Christina, can you introduce me to this person? I asked you, what do you think the best way would be to get in contact with them? Now, at this point, you have two options as the person receiving that question. You can say, oh, this is this is probably this is their contact information on their website. You can probably reach out to them there. So I gave you a pass. Like you don't have to make the introduction. Or if you are in the position, you would be, hey, actually, you know what? I'd, I'd love to make that introduction for you. I can make that happen. But I didn't put you into that spot. So um, since I've started the consent-based thought process of turning someone into a thought partner. So I'll, I'll walk, I'll, I'll put a bow on this entire thing by kind of sharing like the exact verbiage I would use to reach out to someone on the show. Not exact. Cause I'm going off the top of my head, but loved plus specific. So, Hey, Brian read your book, loved this specific point in chapter 13. Thank you so much for sharing besides wanting to tell you how much I appreciate you. I wanted to get your thoughts on potentially coming on my show, or I want to get your thoughts on, I had an idea that I want to run by you. I think that's probably what I would say. I have besides I want to say how much I appreciate you. I have an idea. I want to run by you. I have a podcast that's a top 2% globally ranked show. Um, these are the kind of people that I feature and guests seem to love it. I also love making introductions between guests that might be a good fit. 100% up to you and totally fine either way, but what are your thoughts on being featured on the show? So like, again, it's turning them into a thought 
partner and not putting them in the position where it's like, come on my show, here's the link. Um, and that would be basically at a high level, how I would approach it. So I think I got a little bit derailed from the question that you initially asked, but now I ask for consent in almost it, pretty much all over the place, whether it's just a normal conversation or it's an outreach, just getting that buy-in, um, it just changes the way that you approach relationships. Yeah. It's interesting because I think a lot of times in sales and I haven't taken a ton of sales courses, I don't know everything about sales, but what I've heard a lot is people talking about, you know, you have to have a very specific direct call to action so they can say yes or no. And as much as, you know, maybe that gets more people to say yes, you don't want people to say yes out of guilt. You don't want to pe- make yes, people say 100%. yes out of, because then do you, I mean, unless that's really your, if, if the ends justify the means for you, maybe that is what you do. But I mean, I think most of us are in a position unless you're trying to meet a quota and don't have morals, <laughs> not morals, but um, if you, if you don't think the ends justify the means, I would much rather ask somebody a question. And that way, you know, that they'll say yes, if they're comfortable in that situation, like they will say, and you don't want people referring somebody if they don't really believe that. So do you really want to put them in that position anyway? So I love that because it's kind of contradictory to what certain, I mean, have you heard that in sales? Like in, in a lot of things, it's always like, give me the direct ask. And you end up putting a lot of people in uncomfortable situations. If you do that. Yep. hundred percent. I mean, I'm, I fly in the face of the majority of like the outreaches, like there's, I won't name names or whatever, but there's this really prominent software in the outreach space where they teach how to do outreach. And like, I read their quote unquote proven templates that they're teaching their millions of users. And I don't like any of them. Right. Like I just, I, I, I come from a completely different relationship building approach, which is always about transformational relationships versus transactional relationships. Cause like what you're referring to, it's like, you're a lead. I'm going to reach out to you. Here's the thing that's very transactional. So I think when you have the lens of like, I legit want to build a relationship with this person. Like I want to be your friend, right? Like that's a completely different way that you approach that. And I think it's not an either or, right? Like you can build relationships and build a business um, at, the, at the same time. And I, I'm coming from the perspective of entrepreneurship, which I may not, I, I know is not the 100% the focus on the show, but but that I think that you can accomplish, you can accomplish both at the same time if you, if you have the right lens and the right perspective. Yeah. And over time too, I mean, if you look at it from a long game, infinite game perspective, it's like you're finding people who you actually are aligned with as opposed to just getting yeses out of nowhere too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's a really great point. You mentioned the multiple choice question that you wanted me to bring up. Oh, thank I wanted you. to make sure that it didn't lose my mind before, before we started talking about something else. Yeah, that's does great. That this, is, this is where this, we're at right now. A hundred percent. So this is one of the biggest things, even if you take the time to use AVE, you appreciate, find out a way to add value. And then you end with a question. Some people aren't going to respond. Right. And, and so I'll, we'll just pretend for the context of this conversation, we're using email, right? So some people aren't going to respond. So the multiple choice question comes in as a very effective follow-up formula. And you can also do this in DMS. You can do this, whatever it is, or you can do it you, I could, you could do it with friends too. So like I could even, I'll, I'll give an example professionally. And then I can give an example. Like if I was texting you, Christina, and you haven't answered in a while, like what, what, what you could do. Right. Um, so the, the multiple choice question is you basically think about all the things that somebody could potentially be thinking and you put it in a series of multiple choice questions for them to respond to. So I could say, Hey, Christina, 
haven't heard from you yet. I know you're probably super busy. So I came up with several answers for you that might explain your situation. Just choose the letter that you think best corresponds with, with how things are going. And that might save you some time. So the, the examples would be like, A, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy. I've been meaning to get back to you. I'm in. Like that might be A. Um, B would be like, I'm so sorry. This isn't going to be a good fit right now, but I really appreciate you reaching out. C could be something. So C is really fun because Blake always encourages you to do something funny here. So like C could be like, sorry, Brandon, go walk, go take a walk off a short pier or something like that, you know, is like option C. Um, and then D is another fun thing. So like, like one that I'm actually thinking about using now, not the current one that I have, but it's like D I'm sorry. I've been preparing to participate in Songkran which is this uh, citywide squirt gun festival held in Thailand because I've actually done that. And so I was going to do that and link to a picture of me and my wife, Leah, holding squirt guns. So it's kind of like a fun, like humanizing thing. Like there's no way they're participating in like training for Songkran. That's the most ridiculous thing ever, but it would put- Wait, you have to train for that? No, <laughs> oh. not at all. It's it's a side tangent in case you're interested. Search it. It's called Songkran. It's this, it's this uh, uh, citywide squirt gun fight in Thailand. It's freaking chaos. Um, the whole city for like three days is walking around with squirt guns and you're just, it's not possible to be dry. There's like, when you, when you drive around in the city or you're walking around, there are people that will literally sit in the back of open bedded trucks with buckets of ice water and just douse everyone as they're walking down the street. And even if you're riding in the back of, uh, what they call a song tao, it's their open back truck. It's kind of like their equivalent of like a busing system. You can use it to get anywhere. Even if you're sitting in like public transportation in a song tao, people will open the windows and just dump ice water all it's pandemonium. So anyways, uh, it's, it's hilarious and funny and probably a good option D that, that I want to do to like humanize, humanize the relationship even more, put a smile on someone's face. Um, and then option E could be something along the lines of like custom answer from you. Let me know your thoughts. Hope you're doing great. Right. So like now you've literally like all those stories in your head, you're like, oh, they're too busy or, oh, they're not interested or, oh, maybe they're, they're, they're in, but they're just not in a good spot. You just take all that stuff and you just toss it into multiple choice and then it makes it way easier for people to respond. So um, that's another great, great way of doing it. Yeah. That's not, is that, has that ever been taken the wrong way? Like somebody thought you were being sassy or no? Even so, like, it's a great filter. Cause it's like, I don't really want to hang out with people that aren't going to find that freaking hilarious. Like if yeah. I got an email like that, I'd be like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. Like I want to be your friend. Right. So it's like, if, if they didn't like my sass, that would be an even greater indication that like, I probably don't want to hang out with them. They're not the kind of person I want to hang out with. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, it goes back to, it goes back to a lot of the themes of whether it's admiration, whether it's the, any of the things that we've been talking about, it comes back to being real and, and, you know, you don't want to, again, whether it's, reaching out to somebody and putting them in an uncomfortable situation. Like you don't want to do that if that's the case. So yeah, I like, 100%. I like that. So you use that quite a bit. I started using it more and more. Um, and like, like I, and, and, and the other thing too, is it's about consent. So like, hold on, let me, let me, it might take me a second to find this, but I was texting Blake the other day and he used it on me, even though when I know he was what he was doing. And I still loved every second of it. So here's, here's what it is. Um, Blake, I hope it's okay that I'm doing this. Um, he says, I'm assembling a team of small uh, of dads who want to make history. You're on my list. Want further info. If not all good, if yes, also good. So like, that's what he sent me as a text. And I said, hell yes. And then he sent me this message of this new group that he's creating for dads. Um, and then the next message was like, 
give it a skim and let me know. A, I'm out. B, I have questions. C, let's make history. I'm in. Um, and so it like, he literally like made it so easy for me to like respond and say, hell yeah. And like, so I joined this new program because he sent that to me. But like, if you just listen to those texts that I just shared that he sent me, it's all consent based. Like, Hey, I have this idea. What are your thoughts on it? Do you want to find out more information or no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm interested. Then he sends it and it's like, okay, here's multiple choice. I'm out. I'm in totally fine either way. Right. So it's like, it felt so good to get that interaction because it's like, it, it was totally like on me, he wasn't manipulating me. He gave me permission. He gave me outs, which is another, another part that goes into the green light question, which I didn't share about before is the hundred percent up to you point point. So I always, I usually say that it's a hundred percent up to you and totally fine either way. I almost always use that verbiage because this is actually scientifically backed. There's some studies. There was a study uh, done to see if they could increase the amount of um, donations that people would give to somebody who wanted to get like a ticket on a bus. Like, so if you just ran up to someone and was like, Hey, I need a few bucks to get, take a bus ride or something like that. Like they were testing different ways of asking questions to see how much that somebody would give. And they found that one turn of phrase added at the end of the sentence would significantly increase the amount that people gave, um, and the amount of people that would give to begin with. And it was, but you are free to choose. And the researchers kind of were thinking like, it's probably because like, when you reaffirm our choice, we don't feel like we're being backed into a corner. We feel like we have autonomy in the decision-making, right? So the way that I apply that is the hundred percent up to you and totally fine either way approach. But if you literally, you could see it in the language of what Blake just said, he said, want further info, if not all good, if yes, also good. That's the same thing of saying it's totally fine either way. Um, and it's giving me permission to back out. So like that's, that's uh, the multiple choice in combination with um, consent and also at having people, uh, reminding people about their, their autonomy and in, in the decision-making process. Yeah. I love that. I, and how, how long ago was it that you learned that and started implementing it? I, I just haven't heard it's, it sounds silly. Cause I feel like that should be talked about a lot more, but I just haven't heard of the whole, um, assumptive, assumptive, <laughs> assumptive versus consent based. So this isn't a whole separate conversation, Christina, but like, okay. I, I I'm, I'm considering I've been thinking about this for a while. It's like how to use a podcast to find out your life purpose, because I feel like that's what my podcast has led me to be. And I, you and I just shared that I'm going to be rebranding my show and the whole rebrand of the show is going to be really around my life purpose. Cause before I didn't know my life purpose when I started the show, but because I've been really curious about interviewing all these people and asking myself, why did this person resonate with me? What were the conversations that I had and looking for patterns? It's helped me to identify all these different patterns. And so now that I'm 133 episodes in, I've been asking myself, like, what are the patterns I've seen? What's resonated with me? What's worked? What have I heard people say and making all those correlations? And so this mall flyer versus green light thing, it didn't become clear until I had to give, funny enough, Christina, this is so funny. I, I, they, they brought me in for a keynote at Lubar. Um, so oh. I, I came in and I, I spoke at uh, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee maybe three or four weeks ago. And so I had that keynote. I had a keynote that I gave for a mastermind. And then I also had a presentation inside of another mastermind of my friend's group. So I had to like go back and reassess lots of the stuff that I was doing. And like, how can I teach this better? Cause I like had all my base content, but as I was teaching it, I'm like, no, there's something else I'm doing here. And then I went back. I'm like, wait, that reminds me of something that this guest said that reminds me of something that this guest said. And then I took all of like the different perspectives and I kind of brought it together. And so um, that's kind of how I've been evolving and changing this. And who knows in, in a while from now, I'll have another version that'll be more effective, but it's, it's constantly evolving because I'm constantly finding better ways of approaching it. 
Mm-hmm. So that's what you feel your purpose is? I believe my life purpose is to create a more deeply connected world by empowering curiosity. Uh, that's why I think you and I get along so well, Christina, is because you are a ridiculously curious human. But I think that here, here I'll, I'll go on this tangent for a little bit. I, I believe that when I say connection, I mean connection in really three main ways. One is learning how to connect deeper with yourself. Because when you love yourself, it changes the way that you show up in relationships. It changes the way that you view the world. It changes everything. So learning and inspiring people to connect deeper with themselves. The other part is inspiring other people to connect deeper with others, which has been the whole topic of this conversation, because I believe that our world is hungry. It's starving for deeper connection and deeper relationships with other people. And when you have a world of people that are fully confident and love themselves, they're showing up fuller in their relationships. It allows people to connect and expand and give their gifts to the world in a bigger way, right? Because it's so, so that to me is what connection is all about. But I believe the vehicle that makes that happen is curiosity. You have to first ask yourself that question about yourself. You have to first be wondering about that person in the gym wearing the cute shorts as you talked about to give them that compliment, right? Like those are curiosity is what triggers all of that. So the thought leadership, the branding shift, all that is going to be around curiosity. How do you leverage curiosity to be this ridiculously powerful force for good to unlock your potential and unlock the potential in other people? Have you ever read the book Lost Connections? No, I love this book. It's a really, really interesting book. He, we don't need to dive into a whole book talk now. I know we, we don't have time for that, but he talks about the lost connections that we have and how they've related to our rise in anxiety and depression. So he talks about disconnection from meaningful work, disconnection from other people, disconnection from meaningful values, childhood trauma, status and respect, the natural world. So like nature and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, a hopeful or secure future. So there's seven main connections that he talks about how we've lost. And I see the amount of post-it notes in there. So it's clearly oh, a favorite. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to definitely go into that one. Definitely. It's very good. I recommend it. I've recommended it to a lot of people. And like I said, I've also lent this book out a bit so you can see it's a little bit. <laughs> it's got some water bit. damage. <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a wee bit. Yeah. We don't, we don't need to dive into that whole, oh, gosh, maybe we'll have to do another podcast. We can do a part two. We'll do a part yeah. two. We'll do a part two because there were a bunch of other things. I mean, I'd love to talk to you about, but I know we don't have a crazy amount of time, but that being said, you gave one challenge. Well, you gave a a lot of practical tips and tools that people could use, but at the end of my episodes, I encourage the guests to create a challenge for anybody listening to do either a habit or action that they can do today that relates to the conversation that we're having right now. So like I said, you've given some really good practical tools, but what is the challenge you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the one that I already shared because I think it's it's it'll just change everything. Um literally today, it'll probably happen today. You're going to be doing something, you'll be making dinner, you'll be on a walk and you're going to have a thought pop into your head about somebody that you know and you're just going to well, I wonder what they're up to or whatever it is. When that happens, stop, pull out your phone and send them a message. I would encourage you to do it via video because it really just changes the way it is. So Whip out your phone, hit that record button and literally just tell them why you were thinking about them and send them the message. That's it. You don't literally nothing fancy that if you don't want to do a video, send them a text and just tell them that you were thinking about them. It could be something as simple as like, and this happens a lot with me with my guests because it's like, I'm talking about all these different topics. So it's like, you know, 
some conversation came up about Iditarod racing. And I'm like, I have another friend, uh, Christine McKay. And it was like, Hey, I was having a conversation about Iditarod racing. And it reminded me of you. I hope you're doing great. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> you know? So it's like, just do that. So that's my challenge to you is the next time that you think about someone, take it as an opportunity to just send them and send them a message that you were thinking about them. And if you want to add a bonus, tell them what you appreciate about them too, because I think that's just the, the, the number one thing that will create more connection is that, is that appreciation, that gratitude, that specificity um, inside of that compliment. If you can give it something very specific, it's going to make people's days and it's going to do lots of good in the world and your relationships are going to be stronger as a result of it too. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, so you mentioned that you have your, I mean, your seven figure millennials podcast that is being rebranded. Where mm -hmm. is the best place for people to find you? Yeah. Check that out. Um, because I think at the time this is coming out, the show will be a different title, which I'm not publicly announcing yet. That's why I'm being very mysterious, but, um, I, I could say it'll be, it'll be more predominantly around focused around curiosity. So the name will be based around curiosity, which I think is a perfect alignment with, with the people that are hanging out with you, Christina. Um, but yeah, go check that out and maybe we can add it in the show notes or, or where specifically, but if you want to go listen to an episode, um, that, that I think would be really, really powerful related to this conversation at the time this is coming out, since I've, re I've referenced Blake fly a lot, he'll have come on the show. So you might be able to listen to that one. Otherwise, um, I'm always featuring curious humans. So it's two of my other top favorites that have resonated with me. One of them was, uh, Steve Sims. He, he was a uh, fishing author. I know him. I could, I didn't know. Write. I didn't know, you know, I didn't. Wait, yes, exactly. I I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Is that, I remember, that's I him. think I listened. Yeah. I was that's like, Steve. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Go yeah. check out. Well, so, so Christina's got a stamp of approval. I've done three episodes with Steve. Um, so he, he owned a, uh, VIP concierge firm for billionaires, uh, or not necessarily billionaires, but like really, really wealthy people. And so he was known for literally being able to make anything happen. So like he's gotten his clients married by the Pope in the Vatican. He's shut down the academia in Florence, which is the museum that houses Michelangelo's David. And he's gotten people to have a private dinner in front of David's Michelangelo, uh, Michelangelo, and then had them serenaded by Andrea Borcelli. So like literally the guy can make anything possible. And so those episodes dive into, I guess, his curiosity of like what he could possibly do, like how he could bring that to life. And so that's a, that's, there's three episodes with him on that. So that would be maybe a good call to action is go check out that episode with Steve Sims. If you want to see this all come together about how I interview, how I research, and then also learn from another really cool, curious human. Wonderful. Will do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on here. Thank you, Christina. I appreciate you very much. And it's been so, so cool to watch you grow uh, and to watch you start a show. It's been an honor to play even the smallest role in, in encouraging you to start this show and, and showing you some of the stuff. And I know that this is just the start of an incredible journey for you to, to help inspire other people and for you to explore your own curiosity. And uh, you're such a great question asker. And uh, I, I just, I'm really grateful that you're doing this. So I appreciate you and thanks for letting me be on and play a part of this.